Welcome to episode 29 of the Pursuing Endurance podcast. This week, we are going to be discussing the concept that exercise or movement isn't therapy. There are many factors to this, and we will get into many of them in this episode. Some of the discussion points include our relationship with exercise, defining therapy versus something that is therapeutic, the potential benefits of exercise, and how both movement and therapy can be tools in our toolbox. If this sounds of interest to you or that it could be helpful for your experience, I invite you to have a listen. Without further ado, let's jump in. Welcome to the Pursuing Endurance Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah LaCourse, a certified personal trainer and sports nutritionist with a degree in psychology who emphasizes the importance of focusing on the long game. Let's be real, endurance doesn't just pertain to sports, it's anything we endure as humans. Here on the podcast, we will dive into topics ranging from sport, mainly of the mountain endurance variety, to entrepreneurship, to eating disorder recovery. Oftentimes, these pursuits will feel like climbing a mountain, even if it's a metaphorical one. I'm here to have conversations around embracing the process of enduring hard things and exploring the gray area that often comes with this. I'm stoked to have you here. Let's jump in. Hey, hi, hello, and welcome back to the Pursuing Endurance podcast. It is really nice to be back hopping on the mic again. It felt so great to release episode 28, which was the last episode, and it was all about protein if you missed it. Or if you are new to the podcast, welcome, love to have you. After a very long hiatus, getting that episode up was amazing, and it does feel really good to be back recording because this is such a fantastic creative outlet for me, and I really enjoy being able to produce this and create free educational content for all of you who listen. With the last two episodes being nutrition-based, the last one being, of course, all about protein, like I just said, and then the previous all about carbohydrates, and with this podcast covering a whole slew of topics ranging from strength training and sports nutrition to entrepreneurship to eating disorder recovery, I don't really like to have more than two or three episodes in a row focused on one specific area, if you will. That said, I do plan to be recording an episode all about electrolytes sooner rather than later because they are very important for our overall hydration status, and they're also important in the winter months, which here in New England, we are heading into real soon. So stay tuned for that, but needed to swap it away from the nutrition-related topics for a minute. And as always, if you are curious to learn what the next episode is going to be on, I usually drop a hint or just tell you what the next episode is going to be over on Instagram. So feel free to follow along over there. And my Instagram is linked up in the show notes below, or you can just go find me. My handle is at slacourse. So S-L-A-C-O-U-R-S-E. Follow along. Would love to have you join the little Instagram fam. And I mentioned this in the last episode, but kind of a new thing is that I have been working with Ned and Legion. Ned is a favorite of mine and has been for years as they are small batch, third-party tested, and fully transparent. My favorite products are their sleep and de-stress CBD blends, although they do have non-hemp-based products as well. 
You can check them out at HelloNed, so H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com, and use discount code SLACORS for 15% off your order. And then Legion Athletics is a top brand of sports supplements, and they offer a 100% money-back guarantee and are scientifically backed, which is huge. You can go to each product page and see the literature explaining why they use the ingredients and the dosages that they do. My favorite products are their Cinnamon Cereal Whey and Watermelon Recharge, which is their creatine product. You can check them out at Bylegion, that's B-U-Y-L-E-G-I-O-N dot com, and use discount code SLACORSE for 20% off your first order or get double Legion reward points. All of this will be linked up below in the show notes along with everything else that we mentioned in the episode, so be sure to always check out the notes if you haven't before. And then before we dive on into the episode, just a quick disclaimer. If you struggle with an eating disorder or disordered eating or have had or currently have a unhealthy relationship with exercise or kind of a harmful relationship with exercise, please take care of yourself and only listen to this episode if it is going to be supportive for you. You can choose to not listen or turn it off at any point and come back for the next episode or another one. Really, I want you to take care of yourself. While this episode is largely going to be coming from a positive lens, we are still going to be discussing some topics that could be potentially difficult to listen to if you are currently in the thick of it. So I get it. These topics can be hard, so please just take care of you. Alrighty, let's get into the episode. So this episode is coming from my personal and professional perspective. So my experience personally with movement, including my own relationship with it, and also professionally as a personal trainer who works primarily with mountain-loving endurance athletes and enthusiasts around strength training and sports nutrition. So it's primarily N equals 1. So the sample size is me, myself, and I. That's it. That's my own experience. And I have my own personal bias, of course, because I have my own story. And then I will also be pulling from my professional experience working with clients And this often becomes a topic of conversation in some capacity throughout our work together. I will note, I am not a mental health professional, and my degree is in psychology with a neuroscience focus, so I can speak through that lens, but I'm not a professional, I'm not a therapist, so please keep that in mind. In the introduction, I mentioned a few discussion points of this episode, which include our relationship with exercise and movement defining therapy versus something that is therapeutic, the potential benefits of exercise, and how both movement and therapy can be tools in our toolbox. So we will be diving into all of these and more throughout the episode, just to give you an idea of what we are going to be covering today. I will mention if you are interested in listening to my own story around my own relationship with movement, eating disorder recovery, and how these two things have influenced my coaching philosophy, be sure to check out episode four on the podcast. In that episode, I go over my own relationship throughout my life from childhood and time participating in nationally competitive jump rope to group fitness, weightlifting, and now having a more hybrid approach. I also discuss taking time off from any formal exercise or movement during the early stages of my eating disorder recovery and how this has influenced my own perspective. For me personally, having had a very positive relationship with sport, mainly jump rope, as a child, 
This has been really helpful in reflecting on my continually evolving relationship with movement and often reminds me the why behind my own intentions, which is largely joy-based with a sprinkle or two of competitiveness and pushing myself. So have a listen to episode four if you would like to learn more about this, learn more about my background, but I wanted to mention a little bit just before we get on into this episode. So if you haven't listened to that, you have a better understanding of where I'm coming from. At the end of the day, we all have our own unique experiences, and I think that we are ultimately all trying our best with the tools that we have, and I'm hopeful that this episode will be beneficial in whatever way it can be for you and your own human experience. So let's get into it. I want to begin this conversation by saying that, yes, exercise or a movement routine can have a very positive benefit to our overall mental, emotional, and spiritual health. And just to note, I will say exercise or movement or both of them at the same time throughout the episode. I personally feel best saying movement or movement practice for my own experience, but I know that other folks say exercise or workout. So any of these things, I'm kind of lumping them under the same umbrella for this episode. Anyways, whichever term aligns for you, these things can have those positive benefits to our mental, emotional, spiritual health. And it can also be a meditative practice. And this is a very real experience. And I do not want to discount this because I know that so many folks benefit from the mental, emotional, spiritual benefits and kind of the meditative practice of movement. Additionally, exercise or moving our bodies can be a safe place for us. It can be a place to reflect, process, integrate, and perhaps a place where we feel at home in our body. And one thing I believe is that exercise is a relationship, and just like other relationships, it will shift and change and likely show up differently for us depending on what is going on in other parts of our life. And then on top of some of those benefits from mental, emotional, spiritual health, and maybe being a meditative practice or a place to feel safe, etc., there are brain chemistry benefits as well, such as the release of endorphins and increased dopamine levels. There is also research showing that other neurotransmitters, including norepinephrine or noradrenaline and serotonin, are modulated or influenced by exercise. And this will be another podcast episode because I just love creating additional episodes for myself to record while I'm currently recording one. But this is important for this conversation because brain chemistry is a real thing and the mind-body connection is a real thing and exercise influences these. And so yes, there are real and legitimate positive factors for our mental health by way of movement or exercise at the level of the brain and nervous system and this is really important to consider in this conversation. Let's now talk about therapy and what is therapeutic. First off, to define therapy, while there are many different forms of therapy, the overall focus is to provide a form of treatment aimed at relieving emotional distress and mental health concerns or other problems that we are experiencing. And on this, there are many different types of therapy, and just to provide a few examples, some of these are cognitive behavioral therapy, so CBT, dialectical behavioral therapy, DBT, art therapy, internal family systems or IFS, somatic experiencing, 
eye movement desensitization and reprocessing, or EMDR, and more. So this list is not exhaustive. I just wanted to provide a couple of examples. And I'm giving these examples so that if you have tried therapy before, but maybe it didn't work for you, that perhaps there is a different style or approach that would be a better fit for you. Or even a different therapist because each therapist has their own style, focal areas, and background. And then moving from there, what is a therapeutic relationship? This refers to the relationship between the client and the clinician and is an important component to the therapeutic process. This is a relationship which develops over time where trust, care, empathy, collaboration, and respect are present. And there is much more to the therapeutic relationship, but these are some of the primary qualities. And then if we want to think about what is therapeutic, one of the definitions that I found on Google, which represents kind of my thought process around what would be therapeutic, is having a positive effect on the body or mind and contributing to a sense of well-being. When thinking about what is therapeutic, some other words that come to mind are healing or restorative, so healing or restorative practices, if you will, and this is where I think that movement can come into play because movement can be therapeutic. I do believe that this depends on our relationship with movement and how it shows up for us and in what ways we are using movement for in our life, but I do think that movement can be a therapeutic practice. And circling back to therapy, so in therapy, one can experience things such as reflection, integration, having a safe space to be seen, having space held for us to share and work through things, decision-making on the treatment process, and a collaborative approach. And because I mentioned reflection and integration can happen with movement as well as therapy, let's briefly touch on what these two things can look like. First off, reflection. So reflecting on a single experience or multiple experiences, our relationship with something, considering how something shows up in our life or our reaction patterns. And then with integration, having had already reflected, we can determine ways that we wish to show up differently, respond in a different way, create new intentions, and then determine how we can begin integrating these new responses or intentions or whatever it is that we have reflected on and decided that we need to begin integrating. And with reflection and integration, I think this is a really continual process. We don't just reflect and then integrate and bam, we're done for life. No, it's like this continual evolution. And going back to our relationship with movement, I think that both of these things, so reflection and integration, can be possible to do while engaging in whatever movement practice we have. It just kind of comes down to what our relationship with movement is. I know personally hiking has been an activity which provides me with solitude and time to reflect and then take that information and begin figuring out how to integrate change in my life, depending on what season of life I'm in or what's going on for me. And for me personally, I also have a therapist who I discuss most of this with as well. So I use both movement and therapy to allow me to reflect and integrate and work through things that come up in my life and work through different seasons of life. I think that one component of therapy that can be really beneficial is that we have this safe space and neutral human to see us and provide space for us and our experience. And on this, while our therapist is listening to us and helping us integrate what we are learning about ourselves, 
they can provide external insight and possibly even shed light onto things that we haven't consciously considered before or things that maybe we're bringing up and we're sharing information around, but we're not like connecting the dots and they can help move us towards connecting those dots. And maybe we are able to connect certain dots that we need to in our life, depending on what's going on for us, but maybe therapy can like speed it up a little bit. And maybe that's not for you. That's fine. The biggest question that I would ask around this concept of reflection and integration through movement is at what level or how deep can this go? And is that enough for you? It might be effective and enough for one person, but not another. We are all different. And at the end of the day, it's not necessarily either or. It can be both. And this will depend on our overall relationship with movement and what is going on for us in the current season of life that we are in. And when talking about exercise or movement, I'm referring to anything that involves moving our bodies where we can form a relationship with that movement. And some of these forms of moving our bodies will be more formal or goal-oriented, while others will not. When looking at movement through the lens of being goal-oriented, this is not inherently a bad thing. And it can actually be a huge motivator and a method to progress in whatever activity it is. Goals can also allow for us to reflect throughout the process of attaining each goal and those individual steps along the way. I like to frame goals as being outcome-based or process-based and believe that having a combination of both is often a really balanced approach. And just quickly, in case you have never heard the term outcome or process-based goals, Outcome goals are a result or performance that you hope to achieve, while process goals are things that you will need to repeat over time in order to achieve the outcome goal. And so, of course, also movement can be done for other reasons other than being goal-based or performance-based. For example, we can choose to move our bodies in whatever activity we choose for the sake of joy or because we love it with no additional reasons other than maybe the intention to keep being able to include that activity in your life. Regardless of being goal-oriented or for the singular reason of movement bringing you joy or because you love it, we are going to have some type of relationship with that movement. And I think that this is something that is really important to consider and reflect on and continue reflecting on asking ourselves what is my current relationship with x and does it feel good or supportive how that is showing up in my life as we touched on earlier exercise can have real positive benefits ranging from mental emotional spiritual health to being a meditative practice and our brain chemistry changes with exercise by releasing certain neurotransmitters in addition to these things, exercise can also be a form of stress relief and a coping mechanism. And kind of going off of this, exercise can be an effective way to relieve stress from increasing mood and self-confidence to giving us something else to focus on or even time to tune into our body and the needs of it. And it can also serve as a distraction and it can be something to focus on and improve if you have specific goals. As a coach, I find that where the wheels begin to fall off is when movement is used in a manner in which we are running away from our problems or as an avoidance strategy. And while, yes, exercise can be an effective stress reliever, when exercise begins to be a stress reliever by way of distraction or if this leads to avoidance, 
Avoiding doesn't really solve problems, and it can exacerbate them or hide them. I will say that yes, sometimes a day on trail or a hard workout can be super helpful to distract us and allow us to gather our thoughts and then come back to whatever the issue or problem or discomfort is with a new perspective. I would argue that this is different though than chronically using exercise or movement and especially only exercise or movement to serve this purpose. If we are using exercise long-term as the primary or only coping mechanism or method of stress relief, it has the potential to lead to maladaptive exercise behaviors, which is a slippery slope and not an ideal one to find yourself on. And on this, if using exercise as our primary coping mechanism or even as our form of therapy right? I often just think about seeing on Instagram or other forms of social media or even t-shirts. I have seen t-shirts and I'm sure many of you have too that have the quote, running is my therapy. If we are using exercise in this manner, there is the potential for it to lead to obsessive behavior around movement and possibly even a need for control and hyperfixation on it. When movement begins to turn into an obsessive pattern, this can begin to affect other areas of our lives in undesirable ways, increase the risk of injury if we aren't taking care of ourselves or if we are doing too much of the activity, and even begin to negatively impact our mental health. One thing I think is important to consider if we are finding ourselves in a position where movement is the form of therapy or we are viewing movement as therapy or movement is our only coping mechanism, or the primary one, is what if you get injured? Yes, movement can be therapeutic, right? It can have a real positive effect on the body and mind, and can even be a restorative or healing practice. But we do need to have other ways, and it is important to have other ways to relieve stress, which are also supportive of our mental and emotional health and overall health as well. We have already covered how exercise or movement can have real positive benefits to our overall mental and emotional health, but these are not the same as being involved in a therapeutic relationship with a licensed professional who is trained to help you with your unique human experience and to reach your goals for your mental and emotional well-being. And just to be clear, this episode isn't to say that we all need to be in therapy. Not at all. That is not the case. But if the behaviors and intentions around exercise that you have or that you are using are interfering with other parts of your life and negatively affecting health, then perhaps therapy is something to consider. At the end of the day, it's how things are showing up for us, influencing our day-to-day experience, what we can take or gain from all of the things in our life, reflecting on if these things are a net positive or a negative, and moving forward from there. And I did just want to make a quick note that unfortunately, therapy can be a privilege, whether it be financial or insurance reasons or access to care or not finding a therapist that focuses on the specific things that you need. And so unfortunately, yes, therapy can be a privilege. And I felt that this was important to mention in this episode. Let's recap a little bit on everything we covered in this episode. So yes, movement can be therapeutic. Movement can be a form of medicine. It really comes down to how we are using it and how it is showing up in our life and if it is taking the primary seat in our life or not. 
and maybe that's okay. It kind of depends on you, your story, your experience, and your relationship with movement. I think at the end of the day, movement really in an ideal situation is cohesive with your life. So movement fits in with all of the other parts of your life and they all kind of mesh together and support each other. I think that is a very beautiful thing and a very positive thing. And movement can absolutely be a tool in your toolbox, but it's not the whole toolbox. I truly believe and remember that I am biased that therapy and movement can be a powerful dynamic duo for your mental health. And also, there are other tools for your mental health and overall well-being as well. It is not a one-size-fits-all approach, and this is all a very big gray area. So I invite you to try and find what works for you and is the most supportive for you and your own experience. And on that note, that is today's episode. I hope that this was helpful for all of you in some capacity. And I will just note that with prepping and recording this episode, I had the realization that there also needs to be an episode around embodiment and our relationship to exercise or movement. So stay tuned for that. And then again, go check out episode four on the podcast if you are interested in learning about my relationship with movement, eating disorder recovery, and coaching philosophy. I will link that up below in the show notes along with everything else that I mentioned. So be sure to check those out. And then Monday Mindset. Monday Mindset is a weekly on Mondays email with a thought, question, or prompt to help you get your week started off with some fire under your tush to get and stay on your goals. If you would like to receive Monday Mindset emails, you can sign up at sarahlacourse.com forward slash news and that is linked up in the show notes. And then lastly, if you found this episode or you find the Pursuing Endurance podcast to be helpful in general for you, I would absolutely love if you could leave a five-star review on Apple or Spotify. And if you do listen over on Apple, if you would be so kind to take the time and leave a written review, this really just helps get the podcast into more ears, which I would love because I love helping all of you with free educational content. And that brings me so much joy. So please, if you could leave a review, either a five-star review or a written review. Also, if you're on Instagram and you feel like sharing the podcast, that's another way to get this out there or even share with a friend via text message. I always spam my friends with podcasts. I'm like, here, listen to this. This is fitting for you. So maybe that's something you could do. Anyways, I hope that this was helpful for you and I hope that you are all taking care of yourselves and I look forward to having another conversation again soon. Okay, bye.